Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. I like these guys. Do you guys like Rick and Holly? How many of you guys know them? Do you guys know them? They're good people. They're good people. Well, praise God. Um, before the message, we have one more announcement. We have our friend uh, Brian. He's a missionary with Iris Ministries under Roland Heidi Baker. He was in Zimbabwe for, was it nine years? Remember the 10 years? And South Africa, eight years. He was a missionary in Zimbabwe and South Africa, planting Ireland. They're mentoring people, pouring into people. And God put on his heart a vision for evangelism for our region. And it's stuff that is resonating with us. It's stuff that Pastor Jesse's really feeling. And God's been speaking to you. So why don't you just come on up, Brian? Would you guys welcome Brian? He's going to share this vision that God's given him. I like this guy. Okay, stay up here then. Love you guys. Hey, um, yeah, wow. So during All Hail King Jesus, because this is a big part of uh, this testimony, this journey, and uh, Jesse and Chris and others, your other pastors as well. Um, our son went home to be with Jesus uh, a year and three days ago in South Africa. A lot of you guys know that, and um, while we were singing All Hail King Jesus, I was telling Chris, I don't know if I've ever seen this, but I saw my son singing holy in a white robe. We were just joining, and I just love, because after a year, I'm able to sing these songs of triumph, and it's a part of this whole journey. In 2006, I was preaching in Vancouver. I was pastoring a church plant at USC. I planted it. My wife and I, Pamela, planted a church there, and a few other churches in LA, but our worship leader was from Vancouver, and I had 18 hours in a room, and surprise, a really good friend of mine from Iris, has raised a lot of people from the dead. Don't have a lot of time to explain him, but he's an amazing guy, dear friend. Uh, friend I was on the floor with in the Holy Ghost while Roland Baker was preaching about heaven and how heaven means everything, and we've got to be way too heavenly-minded because that's everything, and that's what lasts forever and nothing else does. And then I got all the texts and calls from South Africa that my son had fallen and into the arms of Christ, really. David Hogan went to raise him, all this stuff. He communicated with them that when you're with the Father, it's the destination of everything in our beings and all of our creation. That's our point. And I pray that this morning that will possess you as we're doing this. Because the one thing that all of us as believers in Christ must do is we must bring in the lost. Heaven is so real, but hell is so, so real too. And when your son lives in heaven, and God leads you on a journey, a 13-year journey, where in Vancouver I had a dream about Billy Graham. I can't tell you the whole dream. I wish I could. Some of the media that's coming out on this event can show you that, but through the whole dream, all these movements and people were trying to get me, Brian, you're supposed to do this. Brian, we're calling you to this. Brian, the word of the Lord is this. And the angel of the Lord was there and said, stay and learn from Dr. Graham, from Billy Graham. He was getting old. I had to hold his trousers up at the end. Then I'm in the foyer where I got married over 25 years ago. And he put his hands on my shoulders. 
And I knew he was wanting to pass his mantle, not just like to me as a guy, but to a church. <clears throat> and I knew he was going to die. So from 2006 until 222, if you guys know about me in 222, Isaiah 22, 22, he dies on 222. And I'm watching. God led us to do a 70-day fasting movement last year. These guys were part of it. We had surprise out. We had all this amazing stuff going on. A lot of Native Americans. And God led us to L.A. for two days, and we thought, we're going to go pray at Azusa Street. We went to Azusa Street, about 30 of us, and then God said, go where Billy Graham's first tent was. So we looked up on our phones and everything. Boom, we went there. We got hit so hard by the Holy Spirit. The Lord said, come on the 70th anniversary and do something like this here. Within days, your son dies in a tragic fall. This is real life Christianity, people. Orange County must have. I keep prophesying over him. There's a fire in the fairgrounds, and the angels are preparing Angel Stadium. But it's real. It's about souls. We can have great meetings with all these great Christians and celebrate, and, but let's get the lost, the ones that are going to hell, in that meeting. In this meeting, we're bringing in the lost. Four months before we're going to do this, which is, if you need more cards, they're here. It starts, and the, all the stuff's on there. It starts on September 25th to the 29th, the same night he started 70 years ago. When the atomic power of prayer and fasting hit him, when he said, I'm not a good enough evangelist, cancel my three-day meeting, and God said, no, Go. And it went eight weeks, and 400,000 went in that tent. And the Reverend Billy Graham's launched out after that. In the middle of the city of angels. So I lose my son. I forget the vision. My wife's in dialysis, of all things. She was almost Miss America. She's 47 years old. That's why she's not with me this morning, because of stinking dialysis. And, and I'm believing for healing, believe me. But I'm going, God, I lost my kid. My wife's sitting in there. This sucks. I believe you for everything. I, I find no fault in you. I remember telling David Hogan that on the phone. I was like, Brother David, I'm not doing good on FaceTime. And, and I'm eating whatever. I'm not fast. I'm not really praying. He's like, it's all right, son. We're going to get there. We got this. Look in my eyes. When you look in his eyes, that's the scariest eyes of a godly man ever was, I think. But it's real... It's real stuff. You get in there, and you fight for stuff. So God comes back to me, and he says, Numbers 23, 19, am I a son of a man? Am I a man that I change my voice when I speak? I do not. Did you not know that I see eternally, and don't you see eternally, Brian, that your son got home before you, and he's in the cloud of witnesses, and he is fighting for this thing with the cloud, and he is safe with me, as Brother Hogan and all those that went to raise him saw. His testimony is still saving souls. I was just talking to Jake Hamilton right last night about we're going to do an album, I hope. People are writing songs about it to preach the gospel. But I, he said, I told you to do that tent. And I was like, what, God? Kind of like Billy. I mean, I'm... Give me a sign. He gives me a sign. A guy calls me right there. I got tents for you for evangelism if you want. 
I'm getting it for your daughter's wedding, but I, you can use them. Oh. I'm driving up to Reading from San Diego to get them. Okay. I go in my garage, and I kid you not, God says, reach in this box. And I'm like, huh? I mean, this, I'm not making this up, really. I didn't know I had this book from 20 years ago. I pulled out Billy Graham. And I just look over. There's all my son's stuff, his tools, his prophetic pictures of his services. And there's one that looks like an eye, and I'm like, wow, that really looks like his eye. And I almost felt like he was looking at me, and I just heard a whisper. If you could see what we see, Brian, from the Lord, you know, just the Lord in the cloud. If you would take the gospel as serious as Billy Graham, you'd be blown away at what we want to do. And it's not about me. But I'm really blessed. Uh, we've got some people joining in, trying to get 70 churches involved. Melody Green's joined in, which is cool because I love Keith Green. And just met her two days ago, and she fully wants to get people saved. We're trying to, and a lot of people are trying, let's bring in Todd White, let's bring in, but it's like, I feel like it's about the church of California, Southern California, the church of LA and surrounding areas rising up and taking its harvest. And we're going to go into inner city where Crips and Blood started, and we plant our first church. We're going to go back to USC where we had our house of prayer in our church. We're going into Koreatown, all those areas, and we're doing pre-rallies and pre-things because we want, and we want to pass out tickets because I have I mean, guys, this is crazy. So I said, okay, God, I need a tent. So I meet this guy that used to work for Jay-Z and Shakira. He's working at L.A. Trade Tech, of all places. He gives me a tent that seats 1,200 people, has turf, has chairs, has a, I only have a 64-channel board. You have a, I mean, what? Video, uh, staging. And I'm like, is there a place for people to park? I got 2,000 parking spots for you, man. So we are trying to fill that up, giving out tickets, Come, we're going to give VIP seating to the lost. We're gonna, I know, I'm not sure exactly how, but we want to give them goodie bags and get them. I'm going to have some actors talking that are like crazy rich agents kind of people. That, and we're praying to get Clayton Kershaw because he's number 22 on the Dodgers and he's a Christian. So, but believe with me more than anything that we could get souls in there. And um, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm taking too long, guys. Lastly, um, I, I was passing out these things. There were just little sheets that said generation one, pray for three. But I'm asking people to put three people in their phone because it's more successful. Just in your notes or whatever you look at and start praying for them. And start praying at least one of them will meet you at the tent with me and other people. Uh, we have other people, you know, lined up to speak and stuff, but it's not. We're going to do street ministry, feeding, all kinds of stuff. House of prayer stuff like sets in the morning and worship. But we want to preach the gospel every night. And the last night, if we can get the permits, we're going to baptize all the new believers. And it's Jewish New Year, so we're excited about that. We're excited about that. And we love you guys. Um, yeah, oh, and there's a video online that we could share, and I, I don't want to take any more time. And Jesse, this is a Zimbabwe shirt I just got you because you guys blessed us. And I, I'm still the leader of Iris Zimbabwe with my wife, and... We had the worst natural disaster ever, and you guys prayed and sowed into that. And I mean, literally, guys, this, I mean, you will not complain for <laughs> anything after you saw what I saw, mountains falling on people. And, and, uh, but the gospel is being preached there. We're planting churches and schools already. And um, love you all very much. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys a lot. So love you, man. Okay. Okay. I want to pray for this mission. I want to pray for Brian and his family. We get a few of our leaders to come on up. Rick and Holly, you guys can come on up. Some of our prayer team, Michelle. Some of our guys that like serve the church and stuff. Just come on up. Just gather around this man. We're just going to pray over him. Just stretch your hands just as we pray together. 
Come on, Aaron, Natalie, you guys come up. Just feel it. Yeah. Father, we just thank you that you're doing this. This is your vision. God, your provision is with your vision. Your provision is with your vision. Your provision is with your vision. God, we just thank you. You're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it, God. God, we just thank you for all the doors are already open as soon as he walks towards them. God, we thank you for a mighty harvest of souls, Lord. Just thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we just bless Brian. We bless that this will be a successful this will be successful, that God is going to have his way. He's going to do more with less. He's going to do more with sold-out people. Yeah, we pray for the harvest. Amen. Come on. Come on. Give Jesus a shout. That's awesome. That's awesome. Help, help him back to the chair. Carry him. Do something. Carry him around. You want to preach with Billy? I'll let you preach with You can stay up here. He's like, I'll fall over on the pulpit and keep preaching. He's letting me preach. You're going to let me preach with Billy Graham up here? Look at this. This is awesome. I like this. A lifelong mission of giving hope to the world. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May we all do that, right? Let's all do it together. Let's all be a part of this. Generation1.org. Like, get on there so you guys can connect and serve, serve at that event. It's next month. It's like a month away. So praise God. Month from today. Praise God. God's faithful, isn't he? He's so faithful. Generation W-O-N. God's faithful. Mm, Jesus is Lord. I'm just looking at you guys. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus is king. Jesus loves you. He loves your family. He's not ashamed of you. You quit being ashamed of you too. God's faithful. He loves you. There's a bunch of friends in the room, some people visiting. I, I could talk to people and say hi to people all day, but I just like looking around sometimes. Isn't God good? Isn't he faithful? You know, we as Christians, we don't live a life of pain to pain. We live a life from glory to glory. We don't live a life of shame to shame. We live a life of glory to glory. We don't live a life of sickness and disease to sickness and disease. We live a life of glory to glory. We live a life of victory. Jesus Christ has defeated everything that stands against your life. And he's real and he's alive. He defeated it. I was praying about today. I was praying about, how many of you guys have never heard me preach before? Just raise your hand. Oh, well, that's a lot of people. <laughs> Jen Brown raised her hand for a second. Did you raise your hand? Yeah, never heard me preach before. God bless you guys. I'm privileged to get to preach to you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. No? I like preaching. If you, if you don't like my preaching, take it up with Jesus. When I was 19 years old, I was in a prayer meeting with Jessica Skinner. We were yelling at the devil, and I heard the external audible voice of God with these physical ears. I heard the voice of our God and King, the God of all of heaven, audibly say, preach the gospel among my children. That's my calling. That's what I do. I preach. So if you don't like the message, just take it up with him or Pastor Jesse. I'm going to say some things today. I'm going to say some things today that are going to be extremely offensive. Um, I'm saying them to you because I love you. As I'm in this with you. And I preach to myself, so I'm accountable to what I say. 
Do you know we'd see more breakthrough through our lives if we actually believed what we said and said what we believe? We already do say what we believe. We, we fill our mouths with all kinds of things besides the joy of the Lord. We fill our live mouths with things that we're struggling with and things that are really hard all the time. And whatever we fill our mouths with is what we get. You're your own best prophet. It's getting quieter in here very quickly. Praise God. God told me to preach this morning on miracles, and then he told me to lay hands on everyone here. And then I argued with him. I said, God, I don't want to do that. That's not about me. And he says, don't argue with me. You do what I say. Um, so the team and I, we're going to lay hands on you guys at the end. There's going to be extraordinary miracles this morning. Why? Because Jesus is alive, not because Jesse's here. I mean, it was a really good worship set. It was. It was good. It was good worship. But it's because it's Jesus was here. I'm going to share my journey of the miraculous. I felt like I was supposed to preach on miracles. I actually wanted to preach on other things, and God's like, preach on miracles. We're going to lay hands on you guys. Some of you guys may not know what that actually means. 1 Timothy 4.14 says, Do not neglect the gift of God that is in you that was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership or of the leaders. That there's actually something that happens when we get around God's people that are moving with the mission of God, and we actually humble ourselves to become part of that mission, and we actually come into agreement with that mission, and hands are laid on you. You can get impartation many different ways. You can get impartation through a message. You can get impartation through teaching, preaching. You can get impartation through prophecy, like the verse just said. You can get impartation through the atmosphere. People come into this room, and they're just like, I don't know why. I just start hearing God. Well, it's because the people that have facilitated the environment, the Skinners, that are the senior leaders of this church, they've gone after prophecy in Orange County for seven, eight years since you guys moved here. We're like, we want to have an environment where all prophesy, not just special people prophesy. So people come in this church, and that happens. But I really believe God wants to take the church from, I've been preaching on faith for weeks. I believe God wants to take the church from a place of simply putting the promises of God out in the future and believing God for miracles for ourselves and actually becoming miracle workers. Did you know that as a New Testament believer, you're not called to be believing for miracles. You're called to work miracles. I'm going to say it again because you didn't catch it. You are not called to believe God for miracles. You're called to work miracles. You see, for so long, the church has put the promises of God in the future. We have put healing in the future. We put salvation of our cities in the future. We have put prosperity in the future. And instead of actually believing that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that he truly conquered sin, sickness, and death, we put the promises of God in the future instead of walking in them now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I know I'm offending you. It's okay. It's good for you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What is a miracle? A miracle is a suspension and a subversion of the natural realm to the dominion and will of the one who works the miracle. I'm going to say it again. You didn't catch it. Miracle is a suspension and subversion of the natural realm to the dominion of the one who works it. The more that you know the will of God, the more you'll work miracles. The more that you know the will of God, the more you'll work miracles. Jesus Christ is our miracle worker. He goes before us. He walked on water before we ever knew how to. Every funeral he ever went to, he ruined. It's a Bill Johnson quote. If you don't like it, take it up with him. Every funeral he went to, he ruined. 
every sickness that he walked towards disappeared. Not even the most demonized people in the entire country, the nation of Israel, could not, devils couldn't keep anyone from coming before him and bowing down towards him. So Jesus is the miracle worker. Jesus is the deliverer. We in charismatic church, we love to talk about the devil. And in, in heaven, they don't talk about the devil. It's just so quiet in here. Are you having a good day, Tim? Are you having a good day, Jay? Tim, are you having a good day over here, Keith? Yeah, you got a good day? This is awesome. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You guys are staring at me just like... I got people staring at me with big frowns on. I got people staring, just this like intense stare. They're like, I want to get out of here. God actually brought you here today to hear this word. I want to see, I'm going to prophesy over the church. I believe the church in Orange County is already in a new Jesus movement. And I believe that you're a part of it. I believe many churches have already embraced it. It's happening all over the place. It's not just here in this, this nightclub. It's all over the place. There's great unity movement here. There's a great thing happening. But until you recognize that you're not just called to long for miracles, but you're called to work them, this movement won't catch to the fullest of its flame. The Lord has anointed you to preach the gospel and to do mighty works. He hasn't just anointed special people. He's anointed all his people. I said this uh, earlier in the week. I said, we in the charismatic church are longing for a new anointing, yet the Holy Spirit is longing for us to look at Jesus. Did you know that you can know the power of God without knowing the person of God? What comes out of our mouths the most is what we worship. What are you worshiping? What are we worshiping? Guys, it's every so quiet. A miracle is a suspension and subversion of the natural realm to dominion and will of the one who works it. God started me on a journey in the miraculous. I started reading books at 19, 20 years old when I got just hammered by the Holy Spirit. And but what do I mean by hammered? I was reading the Bible and God spoke to me and said, Chris, you say that you love me. You say that you serve me. You say that your life belongs to me, but it doesn't. You're not only lying to me, you're lying to yourself. You can keep living the way that you're living, but you know the end of it. And I began to weep profusely in my apartment, 19 years old, college student at University of San Diego. I just began to weep. I, I, I recognized where my life was headed. And then I began to see what Jesus really did for me. I saw that he didn't just die on the cross for other people, he died on the cross for me. It wasn't just about someone else's thing or it wasn't about really, it was literally the person of God gave his life for me. That God didn't spare any expense to show me his love, to redeem me from sin, to break everything free, to cleanse me with blood. And my life looked like hell. And he loved me even in my darkness. You see, God loved us at our darkest moment is when Jesus died for us. He saw you at the darkest time of your life and he gave everything for you. That's pure love. That's holy love. That's not self-love. That's other-centered love. There's a whole movement in the world today around self-love. Guess what? It all still ends with you. 
Did you know the root of self-hatred is self? I'm going to say it again. The root of self-hatred is self. Uh, if you're living in, in bondage to that, we're going to pray for you at the end. We're going, to have a, I'm going to, we're going to pray for healing over here. We're going to pray for deliverance over here. If you're living in self-hatred, you're going to leave it here today. It's going to get left here, and uh, the angels will clean up the place when we get out of here. Because uh, self-hatred's rooted in you. It's still all about me. That's why you fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Amen? So there I was. I just consumed with self, consumed with me. But God met me in the midst of my darkness and delivered me, set me free. And it wasn't until I started going to church that people told me, oh, the joy is going to wear off eventually, you know, like life gets harder. <laughs> Did you know that Jesus never said that life gets harder? Chris, you just don't understand. Life's so hard. Jesus actually said, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. <laughs> Do you know what I get the most criticism for? I get the most criticism for being inauthentic. Because people just don't think like you can be happy or something. I don't get it. I used to think this way when I looked at Christian. I was like, you can't actually be that happy. It's fake. It's fake. I used to think that way before I gave my life to Jesus. Anybody else here you thought that way? You're like, those Christians are just making that up. No, actually, this is who I am. This is real. This is who Jesse is. This is who Brian is. This is who many of you guys are. The joy of the Lord really is strength. So there I am, 19 years old in my apartment, being overwhelmed by the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord overwhelming me in my apartment, laughing hysterically as I surrendered to Jesus, laughing. I hadn't been to church where Keith was, where laughy people were. I hadn't been around happy Christians like that. I saw people smiling, but here I am just laughing hysterically. Why? Because all of my sins had been forgiven. So I started reading the Bible, and all throughout Scripture, we see our King Jesus doing miracles. We see him healing all that came to him, not just a few. We see him multiplying fishes and loaves. We see him walking on water, turning water into wine. Some people are like, oh, he turned water into wine. It's totally cool for me to drink. I should just drink up. And God gave you something better. It's called new wine. God delivered me of alcoholism. I don't want to go near that stuff again. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Go with me to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to Matthew 14 as well. But let's start in Galatians chapter 3. This is This is imperative. Galatians chapter 3. Starting in verse 1, Paul's writing to a church that he helped plant, people that he loves. And we could all read this and be impacted by it because all of God's word is God breathed. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? You know, 
in the church today, we have our own systems of law. In the Old Testament, they would do sacrifices, right? They would cut up animals, and they do these different things. And the animal's blood never actually cleansed their conscience, but it, it, for some reason, made them feel closer to God. But God instituted it as a foreshadowing of things to come, a foreshadowing of Christ who was to come, that God would give his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, that his son would be given as an atonement for our sins, that the God of the universe would put skin on, walk among us, be rejected by his own people, people just like you and me. We're like, we don't want to have anything to do with you. We don't have anything to do with your stuff. I know you're doing great things. You're healing people, but you keep walking around declaring that you literally are the Messiah, and I want to do my own thing. I want to live my own way. I don't want to follow you. Crucifying them on a cross, people just like you and me, not, not more religious people than you or me, just normal people. Crucified him on a cross, nailed him to a tree, but praise God, it doesn't end there. Love could not fail, and love came out of the grave. Jesus, our Lord, resurrected from the dead, and he's alive today. So on that cross, God consumed everything that stood against you. He consumed the power of sin. So why do you still live in it? I read a comment uh, in the past from uh, a minister that was being accused of different things, um, just different things. And he, he described in kind of his explanation of what was going on in his life, and he goes, well, I'm still, you know, I'm still a sinner, so things are gonna happen. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are not a sinner. You are not a sinner. You're not a sinner. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not a sinner. If you're following Jesus, you're not a sinner. Now, if you're not following Jesus, you, you sure, sure as all goodness are a sinner. And you need Jesus. You want scripture for this? All right, let's go around. We're gonna bounce around. First John chapter three. First John chapter three. Oh, let's just say here. Verse five, First John chapter three, verse five. This is the beloved uh, disciple John. And you know that he was manifested to take away your sins and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. I'm gonna read it again because you didn't believe me. <laughs> Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. You see, as long as you believe you're a sinner, you're going to sin by faith. As a man thinks within himself, so is he. As a woman thinks within herself, so is he. But Chris, you just don't get it. I'm just human. I just mess up sometimes. Well, my flesh was acting up. Yeah, that's really taking ownership of your decisions, isn't it? It's just my flesh. I was sitting with uh, a mentor recently, and he was sharing these stories with us of being mean to people. He was like, yeah, I used to be really mean to people. And I was like, really? He's like, he's like, yeah, I was so mean to people. I was like, well, was it like you sensed the anointing really strong and they were quenching the spirit? He said, no, I was just mean. We <laughs> see, we're growing in Christ. We're growing in recognition. But whoever is born of God does not sin. Let's keep reading another verse. Let's keep reading the next one. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. <laughs> For the devil is sinned from the beginning. If you want to get born again today, today's a great day to get born again. 
See, it wasn't until I went to church that I actually was taught wrong that I had to keep living in dysfunction. The word sin means dysfunction. It means falling short of glory. It means falling short of design. Discouragement, depression, fear, anxiety. What are these things? Sin. Now see, God isn't looking at you like, you dirty, rotten scoundrel, you don't believe my message. He's not mad at you. He's mad at the things that are destroying you. But as you hear the word, your life begins to be transformed to walk in obedience to the word. But if you don't hear the word, then you're never going to know. So you can go to church your whole life and be taught that you're a sinner your whole life and have a religious face and then have a behind-the-scenes face where you beat your wife, you abuse your children, you're into pedophilia, you're into homosexuality, you're into all these different things that the Bible describes as falling short of the glory of God, not living according to God's design. Now, if you're here today and these are things going on in your life, there's no shame today. You get to be set free. I'm not gonna do it in front of everybody. Don't worry about that. We'll cover you. But God's gonna deliver you today. Why? Because the gospel is a delivering message. So there I am, 19 years old. I'm reading. Oh, let me go back to Galatians 3. I know I'm bouncing around, but praise God, you gotta keep up with me. Galatians 3. This only I want to learn from you, verse two. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? We have our own law in the, in the 20th century church. It's, uh, if we could just sing the right amount of songs, if we could sing them the right way, then the Holy Ghost will come. Uh, if we could, this isn't towards Pastor Jesse at all. This is not, this is for all of us. This is, no, this is for all of us. This is lit, legit though. We seriously think this kind of stuff, don't we? We're like, man, if we could just get everything in alignment the right way, then the spirit of God would come. No, the spirit of God has already come. And he's been poured out by the son of God, Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is in the earth right now. So how do we partner with the spirit? We yield to the spirit. We yield to his leading. We yield to his presence. It's all kinds of things we think like we got to do to make God come. If we could just push hard enough and scream hard enough. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Rick, when you got saved, did you like do something to get saved? You just asked. Because you saw, you heard the message, you heard that he was willing. So what happened when you got saved? The weight of the world came off your shoulders. Did you have to make the weight of the world come off your shoulders? You just asked Jesus to save you. That's really simple. The gospel's really simple. We complicate it. Just yesterday, uh, Jay and I were up in Los Angeles and we got to uh, go out and serve. There was a tent meeting in downtown Los Angeles. It was right near that building that they blew up in Independence Day. You know, remember that when the aliens came and blew up the building and stuff, you know? You guys are, I'm dating myself. It was right under that building. It was awesome. You know, those devils, they came and they blew up the building. Oh, gosh, I am all over the place, but this is for the Lord. There are people here and you're gonna get delivered of being visited by demons today. You're going to get delivered to stuff like seeing things, aliens, whatever, all that kind of stuff. You're going to get delivered to that stuff today. You're going to get delivered to it. I know I'm talking about weird stuff, but God's going to deliver you all that stuff so you don't have to put up with it anymore. Anyway, we were there with that tent and uh, all kinds of cool stuff was going on. This guy came up to us. He got saved the night before. He shared his testimony and preached 
on stage and God had delivered him of all this different stuff. Literally, and I believe they baptized him probably last night. This all happened in like 24 hours. You know, the gospel doesn't have to take long. We're the ones that complicated the gospel. That's what Paul's talking about here to the Galatians. He's talking about to him. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law, the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? He who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Go with me to Matthew 14. We read about John the Baptist losing his head. Jesus is healing many people. Verse 14 of Matthew 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. He was moved with compassion for them. Compassion is a key to the miraculous. What is compassion? Other-centeredness. The word spelunkna, the Greek word for compassion, literally means that something springs up out of you. There I was, 19 years old, and there was a car accident on the side of the road. I'm going to share some stories. These are not stories to pump up Chris. If you feel like, wow, Chris is so special, then you're totally not getting the message. These are stories to prophesy to you what God does with ordinary people. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So I'm talking about Jesus. I'm not even talking about me. I'm talking about things he does. I can't heal a fly, but Jesus heals everyone. Jesus works miracles. We were driving, 19 years old. I, I was driving along. I'd just gotten saved, maybe 20. And um, there was an accident on the side of the road. A man had uh, gone through, off his motorcycle and gone into a telephone pole. Um, and I don't know, I just stopped everyone in the car. And I said, let's get out of the car. Let's, let's go and pray for this guy. We were driving to a birthday party. Totally ruined the birthday party. It was awesome. We, we pull over, and we end up laying hands on this guy and commanding life to come back into him. Over a period of time, he stops breathing, um, and a nurse came along. I was trained in CPR, so at that point, legally, I knew I had to go into CPR and things like that because I, I was trained in first responder. So we started doing CPR on the guy. Ambulance came along. It felt like forever. They carted him off. I have no idea what happened. I went home and cried for a week. I didn't cry for a week because God didn't do something. I cried for a week because God deserved that that man live. Now, I don't know. He might have lived when he got in the ambulance. I have no idea. But I cried. A week, I, was, I don't know how long ago, it was a little bit later, I was in uh, another meeting, and a man walked up to me outside on the street of Las Vegas. I was there for a Christian meeting, not for other stuff. It was a Jesus <laughs> glory meeting, like a conference. I used to drive. I was one of those guys that would drive like 10 hours to go to conferences. I still do. I'm hungry. I love Jesus. So I was, I was driving there. This guy walks up to me outside the conference, and he says, what do you want from God? I said, I want miracles, signs, and wonders on my college campus. He reached out his hand, he touched my chest, and I fell over in the street. And then he pointed at me and he said, use it. I went to church the next week where Jessica Skinner and I were mentored, uh, every nation down there in San Diego. And you were there for all this, so this is a cool story. Um, all of a sudden during worship, I had a picture in my mind of the sun coming up, like the path of the just is like the rising sun. I was like, oh, God's trying to encourage me, saying my, my path is getting brighter like a new dawn. And then I felt this twinge in my lower back. And I was like, oh, did I hurt myself surfing? And this thought hit me. I was like, maybe this is one of those word of knowledge thingies. 
Maybe God wants to do something for someone else here. Maybe God's speaking to me about someone else's need around me. You see, we think God is trying to give us stuff. He's actually trying to give people stuff through us a lot of times. This is, you guys are so quiet. Can you guys participate a little bit with me? So I asked my pastor, which is a good thing to do in church. Ask your pastor, hey, pastor, is there anyone here like, that has this issue? Or do you think we could pray for anybody with this? And pastor's like, well, just go ask around. Novel idea. A, I don't have to have a microphone to do something with God. Yeah, <laughs> so I went to the back of the church, and there was a woman leaning over a cane. I asked her, what's your name? She said, my name is Dawn. <laughs> like the vision of the sun coming up. She had Crohn's disease. She had lupus. She could barely get around um, with a walker. She was, had like a, she, could, she was barely moving with this cane, and she was in and out of a wheelchair. Um, she had fibromyalgia. She was in immense pain for five years. She was mostly living on her couch and mostly eating mashed potatoes because of Crohn's disease. As soon as she said her name was Dawn, these words came out of my mouth. And when they came out, there was no doubt with them. Why? Because God was there. You know where God is? There's not doubt. You know, some people say, they say, you know, faith is risky. Faith is actually not risky. Faith is normal when your normal is redefined. Our normal is redefined in Christ. He's resurrected from the dead. So Dawn ended up getting radically healed in front of us. Instantaneously, radically. She started dancing. She said, I feel like I'm on a cloud. She went home. And I told her, I said, take this water bottle and drink it. I'd never done this before. I haven't seen faith healing videos. Like, I don't, I don't know any of this stuff. The Holy Spirit said to me, pray for her water bottle and tell her to drink from it, and she'll be healed of the Crohn's disease. Do you know, faith begins with a word from heaven, and miracles begin with a word from heaven. Peter's walking on the water, a little further down in Matthew 14, because Jesus spoke to him and said, come unto me, come. You begin to walk in the miraculous when you walk with Jesus and you walk upon the words that he says. Our brother Brian's doing that right now. What does that look like in your business? Do you know everyone that's ever done anything great in the world has done it by faith? Whether it was for the devil or whether it was for God. They believed. They believed that if I do this, this is going to happen. That's why I've been teaching on faith a lot lately. Because you're called to do great things. If you're in this church, you are not a weakling. You are not a broken person. You are, if you think you're a broken person, read your Bible. Christians aren't broken. Christians are whole. I'm going to say it again. Christians aren't broken. Christians are whole. People are arguing with me in their brain right now. And, and if you keep arguing with the truth, you're going to keep walking in deception. 
See, it's a free gift. You had to go to church to mess it up. People are like, why are people laughing? Because they're, they're actually experiencing God's presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. She was healed of Crohn's disease. She was healed of all kinds of things that were not curable. There's people here this morning, you came in here with autoimmune diseases, you're going to leave without them. Leave them without it. Team's going to pray for you. Prayer team. So anybody in the room could pray for you. It doesn't really matter who's going to pray for you. So you start seeing miracles just happen regularly. Radical miracles. It's never stopped. You know, I used to get afraid to go to the grocery store because I knew if I went to the grocery store, there'd be the people there that were sick. And I knew if I ministered to them, they would be healed. Faith looks like arrogance when we're partnered with unbelief. Faith working through love is always other-centered. It's always about them. God's speaking to Brian about his event. It's not about Brian. It's about Jesus getting his reward. The thousands would get saved. Jesus is longing. All around you right now are people that are dying. But if we're longing for a breakthrough all the time, our eyes are still on us. Instead of on the breaker, Jesus and actually walking with him to bring breakthrough to others. This is a really good message. Praise God. Jesus was moved with compassion. He healed them. Verse 15, it was evening. His disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. You know, Jesus expects something of us. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we, hear, we have only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. When you bring what you have to the miracle worker, miracles start to happen. Five loaves and two fish fed 5,000. There were 12 baskets left over, one for each of the disciples so that they would know that there's no lack in God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want more. Go to verse 23, he sent the multitudes away. Evening came, he was alone. The boat with the disciples is out on the sea, tossed by the waves. The wind was contrary. Fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. That's about three in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost, and they cried out by fear, of fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. 
We sang about this. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. You know you can't see the wind? You can't see the wind. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he got afraid. See, we are called to believe, but when our imaginations become filled with fear, looking at the future, a future where God's going to fail you, you're believing a lie. I wish I could say it again, bless the Lord. When he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. You can't see the wind. He began to sink then and cry out. He didn't fear when he saw the waves. He feared when he saw the wind. You don't see wind. What are you filling your imagination with? It's just so hard to live in Orange County. It's so expensive. Who told you that? You serve a God who takes five loaves and two fishes and feeds 5,000 people. That was just the men. That wasn't even including the women and the children. I was with uh, your mentor in Pemba, and we were there, and we got to speak in the Bible school. It was awesome. I said, how many of you guys have raised the dead? Half the people in the room raised their hand. This is pastors in Mozambique. How many of you guys have raised the dead? Half of the people in the room raised their hands. James, you were there, remember? This was cool, right? Do you remember when Mama Heidi, she started passing out bread? Do you remember that in the service? She started passing out bread. James Edwards was there with me. Started passing out bread. I watched two garbage bags of bread feed, how many people would you say? 600, 700 people? Like, that's not possible. I watched it happen. People started coming in off the streets because they heard that bread was in the church. All these kids came in and ripped the bags open and started grabbing at the bread. I watched Heidi preach this message about Jesus multiplying food and bread, and then she passed out bread, and I watched bread multiply in front of my eyes. I watched someone that believed in the miracle worker and chose to work a miracle to illustrate her sermon. Come on. It's awesome. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. So what does that look like in Orange County? No, what does it look like in Orange County? It looks like you forgetting about trying to feed yourself and you partnering with God to feed the masses. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and a few things will be added unto you. Those that leave houses or homes for the gospel receive what? A hundred times more in this life and in the life to come. You're in real estate. That's a good promise for you. Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? See, Jesus will catch you whether you doubt or not. But you're called to walk on the water with him. You're called to work the miracles with him. You're called to feed the 5,000 with the five loaves and two fishes. Imagine if that little boy had been selfish that day. Nadia, you're going to YWAM. When do you leave? 
September 26th. You're going there for nine months, six months, to learn the gospel because you feel called to missions. You do feel called to missions. Is the Lord your provider? Does he take care of everything? Has he provided for you? Come on, praise the Lord. Do you want to sow into missions? There's a way to do it right there. Matt and Bailey, they're going to the same school. They're like, maybe we'll go overseas. We don't just want to follow God. You want to sow into missions, sow there. Uh, Recently, I was in a place, and I was with somebody, and the Lord said to me, Chris, I want you to give them money. And I said, well, I have this one bill in my wallet. I I knew I had a $100 bill, and I was like, I don't want to give that away. I'm not sharing this store to pump Chris up because it's not my money anyway. I had a $100 bill in my wallet, and I was like, well, that's put for this thing. I don't want to give it away. I think that's all I have. And he said, Chris, open your wallet. And I opened my wallet, and there's a $50 bill next to the $100 bill. And I was like, did God put that in there? How did that even get there? And he's done that before. I've seen him do that before. I've seen him put, I've, I've seen him do all kinds of stuff, you guys. He's real. He's God. He actually made things. So I gave the $50. This person, they just start freaking out. They're like, Chris, you have no idea. God told me to come here. I was staring at my gas tank. You have no idea what this means. So I came home and I asked my wife. I told my wife last night, or whenever it was, sorry. I told my wife last night. It was, it was yesterday. I told my wife last night, and I was like, honey, um, I found this $50. She goes, don't you remember your dad gave you that $50 for gas? We were in the car, and my dad's like, here, here, I want to give you this $50. You've been driving around. He was visiting last week. And I said, no, 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 I don't want it. And then the Lord kind of rebuked me and said, Chris, why are you denying something I'm trying to give you? And so I took it. My father, through me, met the need of somebody else for their gas. Did you guys catch it? Did you guys catch it? Not everybody caught it. Some people were like, I want to go to lunch. I was getting so, oh, I saw a song lyric this morning. It said, let faith be the song that calms the storm inside of me. If there's a storm inside of you, Jesus came to deliver you from it. I don't sing songs like that. There ain't no storm inside of me. There's a king inside of me and he's alive. We are so caught up with our feelings. We're so caught up with all this stuff. Jesus came to liberate us from it. You know, you may be somewhere one day where your faith could cost you everything, your life. If we can't confess Jesus in the comfort of Orange County, how do we confess him to a world full of hate? there's a storm inside of you and you feel afraid, I break it in the name of Jesus right now. Be free from that storm and walk on water. Knowing his will leads to miracles. If our king was here in physical form, what would he do? That is what we do. Jesus is the will of God in a human body. Jesus is the full expression of Father 
in a physical form, the exact representation of his being. He calmed storms. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He didn't make people sick. He healed people. I'm going to end here. Um, Man, I want to preach to you guys for like five hours, but I'll let some of you guys go and we'll just pray for people. God told Moses he would be as God to Pharaoh to take the rod in his hands and do signs. God gave him something that was powerful for the working of miracles. You've been given someone who is powerful on our behalf to work miracles, and the least in the kingdom is greater than any prophet of the Old Testament. What does it look like to work miracles in your business? What does it look like to work miracles in your school? What does it look like not only to heal the sick, but to literally work miracles? You know, in Joshua 10, Joshua commanded the sun to stand still. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to let some of you guys go, let the kids go, things like that. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, it's, it's high time you got saved. We already had a few people leave, Pastor Jesse. I guess they didn't, I don't know why. Maybe they just had to go somewhere. I guess so. Joshua chapter 10. Verse 12, Joshua said, Sun, stand still, and moon, stand still. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. A man commanded the sun to stand still. Did you know this actually happened? It's actually recorded in other nations' history. It's recorded in Mayan history. They said that there was a night that didn't end because they're on the other side of the world. Now, some of us, we read stuff like that, and we're like, I I can't believe that. No, belief's actually a choice. You can either choose to write this kind of stuff off and live below the realm that God's called you to, or you can allow your mind to be renewed to what's true and begin to walk in the miraculous. Why don't you guys stand to your feet? I just want to pray for you. Um, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> so funny. Jesus is Lord. Put your hand on your heart. I'll, I'm going to do this now. If you're here and you don't know Jesus... Maybe, you're, maybe you would say, you know, I'm, I, I've been to church before and I've read the Bible before. I, I've, I've seen different, I've heard different things. No, I'm talking about knowing a person. If you're here and you don't know that person and you're not following him, I'm talking to you right now. Do not leave this building without surrendering your life to Jesus, knowing that Jesus has already surrendered his life for you. The greatest decision that I ever got to make was to let go of my life. 
let go of your life right now. If that's you and you want to respond to that word, you're like, I need to surrender. I just need to surrender everything right now. Put your hand in the air. I just want to pray for you. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? You're like, I want to surrender. I want to thank you. I see those hands. One, two, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I see those hands. I see those hands all over this room. If that's you, I want you to say this with me. Just say, Jesus, I give you everything. Jesus, you died for me. You resurrected from the dead. You came to forgive me. You came to cleanse me. I receive your gift. Thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for conquering death and sin. I receive your gift of new life, and I choose to follow you. The rest of you, put your hand on your heart. Say this, I'm a miracle worker. I want you to begin to picture where you work, and I want you to picture what would it look like if Jesus worked there. Maybe you work at a hospital. I guess, I don't know. You'd have to figure out how to employ all the people there once everybody's healed. Maybe you're around a lot of people that are on prescription meds and, you know, maybe you'll make the pharmaceutical company angry because all the people get delivered. Maybe you work in a school. See the children on their knees worshiping God, public school, private school, wherever. See it right now. What would it look like if Jesus worked there? Guess what? Jesus works there. You're a filmmaker. What does it look like if Jesus works there? Guess what? He works there. Father, I thank you so much for everyone present. God, I thank you that you've called them to work miracles. God, I thank you for the anointing of heaven just resting right now in this room. I thank you that your power is here flowing right now. Some of you are starting to feel like a power come on you, like on your head and on your hands, like I felt when that man touched me in the street and I fell over. Some of you are feeling that right now. That's the power of God on you. I'm gonna have the prayer team come up and dismiss the service, but I want you, if you're feeling that power specifically, I want you to come over into that area. Our prayer team's gonna go over there and we're gonna pray for you. I'm having to go over there because a little more room. Um, if you need a miracle, I want you to come up. We're gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray for everyone that wants prayer. We're gonna lay hands on you guys and then we have to go to the meet the pastors thing in about 25 minutes. So we'll head to that if you wanna meet the pastors. But we're gonna pray. We're gonna prophesy over people. Can we give Jesus a shout for what he's already done? Feel the anointing. Who here you have had the autoimmune disease? Just put your hand up. I'm just gonna, yeah, there's one over there, one over there. Make sure you come over. Someone here, you've got a pain. It goes down the left side into your hip and into your leg. I don't know who that is. Go ahead and come on over there. We're just gonna pray for people. If you wanna watch miracles happen, come over there too, okay? We're going to pray for people. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.